Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. How's it going, guys? Welcome back to Around the Arc. I'm Jamie. As always, very happy to have you here. Now, on on today's episode, I, w- I wanted to start off by talking about a player who you've probably not heard about for a while, hasn't really been talked about all that much, and that is Markel Fultz. And I just wanted to kind of go through his kind of bizarre situation his really weird NBA career so far and kind of try to answer the question can he still kind of become a decent NBA player and somewhat live up to the to the potential that he certainly had when he came into the league and you know, th- think thinking about thinking about Fultz, it wasn't it wasn't all that long ago when he came in to the NBA after being taken number one overall by the Philadelphia seventy sixers, and this was in an already loaded draft class. Um, you know, you had what well, notable guys like Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, just just to name a couple of the top guys, but really deep, really loaded draft class and this this kind of star combo guard uh played his college ball at Washington State he kind of rose above the rest of the field and he was even drawing comparisons to guys like James Harden, Dwayne Wade and Manu Ginobili now that's that's not bad company you know to be to be compared to before you even play an NBA game and I mean, selecting Fultz number one overall, it was kind of like a no-brainer. Um, and it kind of signified the end of the the process for for Philadelphia and after they had all those, you know, terrible seasons of losing, which saw them end up taking Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the last in the previous two drafts. And it seemed to be just the perfect situation for for Fultz to kind of learn and grow and develop into the kind of superstar player that most of us kind of expected him to end up being down the road. But then but then things just started to go downhill from there. 
I mean, Markel's rookie season, it got off to a pretty unexpected and kind of weird beginning. You know, a few games into the season, it became apparent that his shooting ability had basically just dropped off a cliff. I mean, his form had completely changed. It looked unnatural. It had massive hitch in it and it didn't look at all like it did when he was when he was playing for Washington uh, when he was at college I mean back then you go look at highlights of him you'll see he was just a silky smooth scorer and he had a pretty slick release and could shoot from from deep range like he had NBA range on his on his jump shot yet Somehow, when he came into the NBA, he could barely even hit a free throw. Now, it was clear that something had gone very, very wrong, but we didn't really know exactly what it was. I mean, many people assumed that he was he was dealing with some sort of injury that was being kept secret from us. Um, I mean, that could have explained why his, why his mechanics had totally changed seemingly overnight. But others believe that this issue was almost entirely psychological and that this kind of bad shooting was basically a, res- a result of pretty much a-, a, loss of- a loss of confidence. Now, the truth was at the time that, that no one really knew with any certainty and that's-, and that's partially what made this case so bizarre and just unique like we'd never seen anything like this before and markel he wasn't really saying anything and the sixers organization they weren't really saying anything either um anyway after only only a few games uh fultz was ruled out indefinitely all all that, that basically confirming that he was dealing with some sort of injury problem However, at this point, still nobody exactly knew what the what the issue was. I mean, he did he did return uh, to the court towards the end of the regular season uh, in his rookie year, and I mean, he even had some some decent moments and showed some flashes of of the guy we all kind of expected to see. Um, I mean, in a game against the Bucks towards the end of the season, he actually uh, became the youngest player ever to record a triple double but despite those you know flashes and positive moments after the regular season he would he would barely play in the playoffs that year and that would essentially close the book on his on his first year in the league now due to all of the storylines all the mystery surrounding surrounding Markel Fultz in his first season he he entered that summer. He entered that off season with with a ton of questions, you know, surrounding him, his career, his future, his his health, you know, all that stuff. There was obviously a lot of worry, a lot of concern, but you know, based based on what we'd seen towards the end of the regular regular season, you know, there were some signs of encouragement. Now. Moving on to that summer uh, in 2018, um, as I said, he was Markel Fultz. He was one of the hottest talking points in the league. I mean, everyone was wanting to know how he would bounce back from from such a perplexing 
rookie campaign and if he could you know still end up living up to the hype you know which he which he came into the league being the number one pick and all um and the first positive sign that that things might turn around came when Fultz teamed up with Drew Hanlon who if you if you don't know who he is he's one of the most well-known, well-respected, and just best basketball trainers in the world. And they began working out together a lot in the off-season. Like, a lot. I mean, reportedly, according to... According to Fultz even said this um, before the regular season began. You know, at Media Day, he was talking about this, where they were reportedly working out, you know, two to three times every day. And... You know, despite despite this news and the, the encouraging signs that things were beginning to turn around, you know, fans and media, we weren't really getting a look at the work they were doing, the progress they were making. Um, you know, everything was kind of being kept under wraps, kept kind of secret. But we still weren't really getting anything regarding his jump shot. And... That wouldn't change over the course of the summer, and even though we we wouldn't get any kind of video footage of his of his jump shot, as trainer Drew Hanlon did, you know, send out a couple of tweets, um, basically telling Sixers fans to get excited and that they were making a ton of progress, and you know, basically, you know, thing things were looking up, things were things were looking to turn around, and then. Then the preseason rolled around, and we finally got to see firsthand what, you know, what changes Markel had made to his game. And obviously we were, we were all eagerly anticipating his new jump shot. And you know what? Start of the preseason, it was looking good. I mean, not just his jump shot, which was, you know, vastly improved. There were two kind of major differences that we could all see in in his play granted it was just the preseason but um you know first off his jump shot he had a much more fluid natural shooting form which as well as looking better it it appeared to be a lot more effective than than his than his rookie season so that was that was the first good sign the second one which I thought was even more encouraging at the time. He was playing with a noticeable increase in in confidence. And I think that's what had fans excited the most was that he was, you know, he was just playing with a playing with a lot more confidence and it showed, you know. And then came the regular season. Now, things started off alright, you know. He show he was showing definite signs of improvement, and you know there was there was kind of a much greater sense of hope um, that he was turning things around, even if he, you know, even if he wasn't producing quite like a star yet. Now that could have also had something to do with, you know, Ben Simmons being the the point guard of the Sixers, you know, kind of basically taking Markel's spot, but still. Things things were looking good, but then, kind of seemingly out of nowhere, his his shooting form reverted right back to where it was in his first season. Suddenly, he wasn't playing with with any real confidence again, and 
his just baffling free throw routines began to change on what seemed like a, a night by night basis. I mean, again, if you haven't seen video footage of those free throws, he was doing like double clutches and really just bizarre techniques and 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 forms that we have never really seen before. It kind of looked a bit like. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Chuck Hayes free throw, kind of where it it would almost double clutch. He would sort of go up to release the ball and sort of just hang there for a couple of seconds before before releasing it. Just bizarre shooting form. And then another another unexpected turn would come in December of of twenty eighteen. So still not that far into the regular season, where. Fultz he'd be ruled out for the rest of the regular season and we weren't really given any reason why this this had happened although many people assume that he was still dealing with the same issue injury that had caused him to miss the majority of the prior year now it then came out that he'd been dealing with with something called thoracic outlet syndrome hope I'm saying that right, which I don't know much about at all, but the way I understand it is basically a condition that affects the 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 nerves and blood vessels kind of in the in the shoulder area, which basically makes it difficult for for someone to lift their arm above their head now you know if a basketball player has that that is kind of disastrous, and also that would explain the weird changes in, in Markel's shooting ability if this is what he was what he was dealing with. And I think that would also account for the as well as, you know, accounting for the, the change shooting mechanics, it would also kind of provide an explanation for why he was playing with with so little confidence, you know. Essentially playing, you know, with one arm or half an arm. Like you know, for anyone who's ever played basketball before you know if you can't lift your arms up above your head you're not gonna you're not gonna be very effective so now the now that the problem had seemingly been identified it seemed clear that the Sixers were now going to kind of take their time make sure that you know Markel got the proper help began making a a full recovery so that he could end up, you know, returning to, to full health and at some point in the future, um, hopefully turning into the player they, you know, they were expecting to see when they drafted him. But nope, An- another another twist. Um, the Sixers just traded him before the deadline that year to the to the Orlando Magic. So another, another twist in this bizarre Markel Fultz saga, but Looking at it, there there's actually a chance that you know a change of scenery could have actually been, you know, just what he needed. It could have been a good thing, and that essentially brings us to where we are now. Uh, he did he did remain out for the remainder of the 2018-19 season, and after being traded to Orlando, we haven't really heard too much about him since um 
couple of things though the the orlando magic head coach steve clifford he has come out and said that that Fultz is he's doing a good job he's working hard he's he's making good progress now these are all things obviously you expect the the head coach to say things like that he's he's not going to come out and say the opposite but nonetheless those should be encouraging signs they're encouraging words to hear but there still isn't any sort of timetable for his return and we've been given no real you know in-depth update on his health and the state of the you know the the issue that he's that he's been dealing with uh the team apparently talked about the possibility of of him playing in summer league but since that end up, ended up not happening uh, i think we can assume he's not all that close to to making a return to the court so now where does where does that leave us and kind of what can what can we expect from Markel Fultz going forward? Well, I think it's it's pretty clear at this point that a lot of people have basically given up on Markel Fultz. I mean, the the Seventy Sixers clearly did. A lot of fans and media members have. Um, it seems you know not really talking about him anymore, um, but. Me personally, I'm not really ready to give up hope on him quite yet. You know, the 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 thing is, we haven't really seen a fully healthy Markel Fultz in the NBA yet. And I think until we do, if he if he can ever get back to full health, you know, I don't I don't really think it's fair to to completely write his career off. I mean, I also think his uh, his situation in Orlando, you know, I think that's a pretty good situation for him to be in. You know, although although the team made the playoffs last season, they're not. It's not like they're playing with any real expectations uh, going into next year. And I think, well, I mean, if I if I was if I was the Magic, I would just be looking to kind of grow as a team and kind of develop the the younger guys. Which side note. That's why I have no idea why the Magic re-signed Vucevic, uh, their, their star big man, especially for the amount of money that they did. But I digress. That's a, that's a topic that I'll, I'll get into a little bit later, actually. Now, with the fact that, you know, Orlando, they're kind of a young team, no real expectations or anything, that should mean that when that when Markel does make his re- return to the court, uh, he should have plenty of opportunities, you know, to play, basically. He should get, you know, quite a lot of minutes, a lot of opportunities, you know, a lot, lot of shots, and with them. Um, and with DJ Augustine as the, as the Magic's current, point guard you know if if Fultz can kind of prove himself and play well you know that starting point guard position could be his you know pretty quickly if he if he can come in stay healthy and 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 perform so there is still hope left I think for this for the former number one pick but again only only time will tell now if if he'll be able to turn things around, what do you what do you think about the the Markel Fultz situation? You know, do you think he'll be able to turn things around? If he does, you know, what kind of player do do you think he could be? 
uh, if you want to want to let me know as always uh hop on hop on twitter you can find me at around the arc pod and yeah tweet me your thoughts on that now moving on to our next topic which is something i've kind of wanted to cover for for a while now which is you know my list of players who i think have something to prove next season so i'm talking about the guys who should have you know that extra extra bit of motivation that extra drive to just play have a really good year next year basically for for any number of reasons as you'll see um i've got quite a few guys on this list uh 24 (laughs) to be exact so uh we'll just jump we'll just jump right into it with number one uh starting out big (laughs) i've got lebron james now what i think he has to prove is basically that he's still the best player in the world or at least still in that conversation and he's still capable of leading the lakers to a championship basically so now we're kind of we're kind of in uncharted territory for uh for lebron you know coming off a season where he didn't even make the playoffs you know we would have talked about him not making the finals given that he made it you know the previous eight years but the fact that he didn't even make the playoffs was something kind of you know unfathomable to us i mean he did he did deal with he also dealt with his you know first major injury uh of his career unless you want to count the the kind of two weeks that he missed in his first year back in back in cleveland in 2015 but his first you know real major injury which you know still bothered him even after he, he returned to the court um you know after after the all-star break so now you know james will be looking to to bounce back in 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 multiple facets you know proving that a he can still remain healthy which you know up until this point wasn't really a question for lebron and two that he can still be that guy you know even in his 17th season that he can still be the the best player in the world and i kind of you know obviously i'm not alone in thinking this but i have no concerns about that you know i think lebron's gonna have a huge season this year um definitely going to be in the mix for mvp i know having having his new star teammate who spoiler alert we'll talk about in a second um you know that might take away some of the votes but i expect lebron to come back and have you know a prime lebron season basically and you know speaking of his speaking of his new star teammate that's who i've got at number two on this list so anthony davis and basically the one thing that ad has to prove now being on the lakers is that he can win big in the nba because that's kind of been the one and only blemish on his nba resume and that is you know kind of a lack of winning now obviously that is in large part not really ad's fault you know he's he hasn't really been surrounded with with the right talent and those uh pelicans teams um but now he doesn't have that excuse he's on a loaded lakers roster and 
you know, especially after he, he came out recently and said that he's he's never really failed at anything. You know, that's just kind of building up the pressure for him to prove himself right. You know, he's got all the talent in the world. He's clearly, you know, when he when he's when he's healthy and he hasn't been benched by his team, he's one of the top five players in the world. And I I think he's going to remind remind us of that next season. And he's going to have to, I think, in order for him to kind of kind of validate himself and and not and to have this at least next season not be looked at as a failure i mean the lakers they're going to have to they're going to have to at least make it to the conference finals i know i know lots of people are going to be viewing this as kind of a championship or or bust season and i certainly think however long ad spends with the lakers i think it'll be at least the next three years it will definitely be considered a failure if he if he doesn't win a title in those in his tenure with LeBron and the Lakers. You know, I think he, he needs to get at least one. But um yeah. Going into next season he has to he has to prove that he can one still be still be that A D that we saw, you know, first half of the season last year where he was putting up like twenty nine, thirteen four and a half assists while being you know the best defender in the league you know and no doubt he can still be that guy but if he can do that while winning more games than he ever has you know that's that's what he needs to prove and I think he'll do just that next up I've got Kristaps Porzingis who I've talked about in the la in the last couple of episodes um you know discussing uh, you know, uh, some of the top duos in in the NBA. Um, I did an episode of that a couple of weeks ago, so if you haven't checked that out, you should go. You should go listen to it. But um, the main thing that that Porzingis has to prove next season is that he can stay healthy, basically, and and more long term, he needs to prove that he can still be you know one of the top young players in the league. You know, I think being being in Dallas, especially playing alongside Luka Doncic, you know, that takes some of the pressure off of him returning to full form immediately. I think uh, we shouldn't be expecting him to, you know, be a be an all star level from the get go. Um, but I think initially, if he can, he needs to prove that he can still be, you know, an effective player and he can still show the promise that he has to this point in his career when he's been healthy and then over time you know the pressure will be on him to kind of get back to that all-star level and you know begin to begin to exceed it basically now um i'll I'll probably do this in in next week's episode Uh, i was gonna do do a bit diving deep into the you know Doncic Porzingis pairing so I'll 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 talk about him more in depth when I when I cover that but but for the moment basically you know staying healthy and showing that he can be an effective piece on what is a more well-rounded team you know this Dallas squad compared to compared to the talent he was surrounded with in New York Next up, I've got Chris Paul. Now, 
there's been a lot of talk about Chris Paul, you know, after being traded from the Rockets to the Thunder. I actually did a bit on him in, in last week's episode, um, analyzing his uh, position. So I won't go too much in depth here, but basically all Chris Paul has to prove or the main thing he has to prove this se- this upcoming season is that he can essentially still be a top 10 point guard in the league, which all the numbers when he's healthy, that still suggest that, that he, that he is still one of the top point guards in the league, especially now that he's not playing alongside James Harden. So he'll have to prove that while at the same time, you know, staying healthy, which is becoming a bigger and bigger question mark for him. Next up, we've got Ben Simmons, who, as I've talked about many times, I kind of lost count at this point uh, on the podcast, that he he needs to prove that he can develop and expand his offensive game. Basically taking the next, next step to going from, you know, a fringe all-star type player to being a, a superstar, which he has the potential to be. You know, because that last season, he was basically just a slightly better version of his rookie self. You know, he didn't make the strides that, that many of us thought he would. And obviously, most of that comes down to his jump shot, which there have been some encouraging signs. Um, you know, you've uh, got the footage released of him this summer, um, kind of playing in scrimmages and pickup games. Uh, kind of showing off his new jump shot and it's it's looking pretty good the form still looks a bit awkward but that doesn't take away from the fact that the jumpers seem to be going in so if if he can if he can come back next year with you know with a with a bit more of a jump shot a more expanded offensive repertoire then you know good news for the for the Sixers as well as his you know individual uh career uh next up we've got Gordon Hayward for the for the for the Boston Celtics who you know coming off that horrible ankle injury that he suffered two years ago he obviously wasn't totally himself last year he did have a down a down year much of the year he was you know inefficient his jump shot wasn't really falling he well he just wasn't really all that effective and we saw that was clearly one of the things that kind of messed up the 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 chemistry on on that Boston squad but you know another year you know um another year removed from that injury another off season to kind of work on his game he'll just be looking to prove that he can get back to that kind of all-star caliber play that he that he showcased in utah now with all the pieces that boston has i don't necessarily expect him to put up the same numbers that he did with the jazz but um i certainly expect him to be more of a difference maker than he was last year and as a result i expect brad stevens to run you know a significant amount more offense you know through through Hayward who you know is is a really good playmaker as well as being a really kind of crafty and, and smooth scorer so uh right so next up I've got Russell Westbrook who again uh he's he's one of the guys I talked about him in in last week's episode so I won't go won't go too much in depth here you can go check that episode out um but basically, with Westbrook in his new environment in Houston, playing with James Harden, 
basically what what Russ has to prove is that he can alter and change his kind of play style and defer to Harden, who is obviously the guy in Houston. Now, obviously, ton of question marks surrounding whether or not Westbrook is willing or able to do that. But, I mean, one encouraging sign in his introductory press conference, uh, he was talking about how, you know, he understands that that he he can affect the game in so many different ways other than scoring. He even said that he doesn't need the ball in his hands to to impact the game. So whether that was just him saying the right thing or whether it's, you know, a realization that he's come to and he's, you know, uh working on his on his off ball game and working to, you know, fit in with James Harden, you know, take that if you want, but like I said in last week's episode, it's going to be one of the more interesting storylines to to keep track of uh, next season. Uh, next up, we've got Demarcus Cousins, who, you know, you got a feel for the guy coming off uh, his what was meant to be his bounce back season last year. You know, after suffering the torn Achilles with the Pelicans, and while it was going well at some points when we got into the playoffs. He went down with that with that quad injury, and that basically sidelined him uh, for the rest of the playoffs and rendered him fairly ineffective when he did return in the finals. So basically, what what Cousins is going to need to prove is that he can that he can still be a top big man when it he, when he's healthy. Um, obviously, because he's going to be looking for another payday, you know, this summer since he didn't get one. Uh, next summer, I mean, since he didn't get one this year. And if you've seen him um, in his first interview after after joining the Lakers, it was very noticeable that he has shaved off a fair amount of weight already. You know, he looked considerably lighter. And I think that's going to be a really important thing for him. If he can you know, keep on the, on the lighter side, you know, ease the stress and pressure on those, on those legs. It'll make him more, more mobile, less injury prone. And I think it'll help him fit in better with, with the LeBron led Lakers. You know, he's, I mean, he's already shown that he can, he can play really well next to Anthony Davis and Rondo, especially, um, who's still on the Lakers, but still playing on a LeBron team, that's going to be an adjustment for any, for any star. But I think you know keeping his weight down uh, will be will be one uh, really important thing for Cousins. And also, uh, he's got to be extra motivated uh, uh, this season to kind of prove that he can that he can still play. And that's why I was I was I was kind of uh, really pleased with the with the Lakers bringing him on. You know, it seemed. It does seem like it could be a bit of a risk and it could bounce back, but given that they that they paid him only what was it like five million or or whatever his contract is, you know it seems like a low risk high reward type of move because it could it could pay off big time if uh, if Boogie has the kind of bounce back season that that we're kind of expecting from him. Uh, next up, I've got Eric Bledsoe for the Bucks. Now, last year he had 
arguably his best all-around season you know from 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 a team perspective you know being the point guard of the of the best team in the league you know last regular season but things took a nosedive in the playoffs last year especially in the in the second and third rounds where Bledsoe was basically unplayable at times because his offense was was so was so bad mainly because of his uh perimeter shooting so that so that's one thing he's going to need to to work on this summer and come back and prove that he can uh you know still be a, a factor still be a difference maker when you know you get into the later rounds of the playoffs and i think mainly that's just going to come from an improved outside jump shot you know he it's not like he's a bad sure well in the regular season anyway but he's just got to become more consistent i think and then just showcase more confidence in 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 the postseason so that's going to be something to keep an eye on up next we've got jalen brown so another another boston celtic who had a a disappointing season last year after he had a breakout in in uh, the the season prior especially in the in the playoffs um but brown you know he's still young he's still got a ton of talent and now with Kyrie out of town and and being replaced by Kemba Walker who I as I've said I think is a much better fit for this team I think the kind of the stage is set for for Jalen Brown to have a bounce back year this season and kind of continue kind of continue the momentum that he, that he picked up in in the 2018 playoffs and uh, another guy uh again the boston celtics who i think the same applies to is jason tatum who balled out again um balled out in an even bigger way in the in the 2018 playoffs but last year he did have a somewhat disappointing sophomore campaign you know settling for too many contested mid-range jump shots you know he, he wasn't really attacking the rim enough he was kind of a less efficient version of his of his rookie self now having hopefully learned from from those mistakes and again i think this team this new boston Celtics team is better suited uh for him to kind of re-establish himself the uh this season as a potential superstar um you know the pressure's on for him to prove if he can you know still live up to the the lofty height the the lofty hype that he set for himself in his in his rookie season and you know what both for him and and brown and gordon hayward as well i think you know the stage is set for for all these guys potentially to to have big bounce back years Next up, we've got Kyrie Irving, the guy who the guy who left this Boston team, um, and that's that's kind of uh, the main reason I've got him on this list was because because of the way last season ended in Boston and all of the criticism that Kyrie got for his you know for his leadership his uh, his you know reputation as a as a teammate you know as a locker room guy. You know all that slack that he got, whether it was warranted or not. Um, you know, I don't know. But if that is to be believed, uh, you know, he'll need to prove that he's kind of learnt from those from those mistakes in Boston, and that he can still lead uh, a team. Um, 
to success. You know, this young Brooklyn team who's not going to have KD this season. So, again, it's going to be on Kyrie to be the guy, to be the leader, you know, and hopefully he's more prepared for that than, than he was than he was in Boston. Donovan Mitchell's another guy who I think's got got something to prove next year. You know, he had that kind of rocky rocky start to his sophomore season, but again, he picked it up uh, as the season progressed. But in the playoffs, uh, he kind of regressed back to his early season form. You know, against the Rockets, where he wasn't really all that good at all. He wasn't, you know, efficient. Um, his decision making was questionable at times. So, what what he's gonna have to do, I think, uh, he's gonna need to prove that he can, you know, take the next step and lead and lead the Jazz to increase success, especially now that they have a much better supporting cast around him. Like this Utah team is really really good. You know, they made the move to get Mike Conley. They essentially replaced Derek Favors with with Bojan Bogdanovic, who I think is a much better fit um in this current NBA and they've added guys coming off the bench like Emmanuel Moudier who's I think very underrated and and Jeff Green as well another guy you know this this is by far and away the best supporting cast that Mitchell has had in his in his career and now you know I think that shifts the pressure onto him to kind of take that next step in year three and kind of become the 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 offensive leader on what I think's a contending team. So um I will have to we'll have to see if he can if he can manage that. Um next up we've got Andrew Wiggins, who I know a lot of people have, have basically given up on. Um but I'm not quite there yet. I still think he has the potential to still be Maybe not a superstar, but still be an effective NBA player. And he's essentially just going to need to prove that he he cares enough about basketball to, to make that happen. Because that seems to be his only problem. He doesn't have the the drive or the, the, the fire to really improve all that much. And we've seen that in the last couple of seasons, especially where he's you know declined from where he was in, in year three. And he's basically just... just plateaued and stayed the same from there so I think this season is kind of a make or break year for Wiggins where you know if he if he doesn't make any real improvements this season then I don't see why we should expect him to at any point in the future so um yeah that's another thing uh to to keep an eye on uh, next up at number 15 we've got Michael Porter Jr. who I know, I know he's he's not even played an NBA game yet, um, but that's exactly what I think he he has to prove is that he can basically be healthy enough to make it onto an NBA court. You know that'll be something, because I know it, um, while making his recovery, he sprained his knee this summer, which kept him out of out of summer league. Um, in fact, well, I don't know if he was going to play in summer league, but he, he sprained his knee, and yeah, that's just been another setback. Uh, so just for 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 Porter Junior, he's just going to need to you know sure up his health, <laughs> and and essentially just make it onto the court. And when he does do that, he'll need to show that he still has 
the that promise that that at one point had him as a potential number one overall pick. You know, you forget that the the basically the only reason that he wasn't you know pick number one or at least in in the top three or whatever was because of his because of his injury concerns. And yeah, he's basically going to have to prove that you know he can in fact remain healthy and that those injury problems are are a thing of the past now for these last uh you know eight or nine guys i'm I'm gonna kind of go through at a more rapid pace these are kind of uh kind of smaller name guys uh and you know if i if i did a whole spiel about you know each and every one we'd be here for hours so this is kind of more of a rapid fire round here so uh up at number 16 i've got terry rosier who's going to need to prove that he's worth you know even a fraction of that huge contract that that charlotte gave him um and yeah i know everyone's kind of not really expecting much from him or the hornets at all uh, given their kind of perplexing and disappointing off season, but yeah, Rozier is going to need to prove that with increased opportunity, he can be kind of a better version of himself that he was in Boston, which was basically an inefficient scoring point guard who's not the best playmaker. He's going to need to change that. Uh, next up, Lonzo Ball, who is, you know, in year three. We're going to need to see at least some development from 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 Ball, especially on the offensive end, as a scorer. And he's gonna basically just need to prove that he can become more than just kind of an overhyped point guard, which is essentially what he's been to this point in his career. Being traded from the Lakers, I think, is a good idea, especially you know, I think getting away from the influence of of Levar Ball, I think that can't hurt. Um, and, you know, playing for this young, exciting Pelicans team. I think those are all, those are all positives. So now it's, now it's on, on Lonzo to, to, you know, put in the work and show, you know, the, the development. And next up, Dennis Smith Jr., who, after kind of a disappointing sophomore season, you know, he didn't really take the step that, that we hoped he would um and even after being traded from Dallas to to New York uh i mean he showed flashes with the Knicks but uh all in all he was a little bit inconsistent so i think he's going to need to come back in year 3 and show that he is you know the next point guard of the future he is the guy and while he definitely has the talent to do that i think he has all-star potential it is going to be you know a little bit more difficult especially given the fact that the Knicks have kind of a log jam at the guard position after bringing in you know Alfred Payton they've got Alonzo Trier they've still got Frank Nitlikina um you know weird moves from the Knicks you know you know signing Alfred Payton and that which you know nothing new for the James Dolan Knicks um but again yeah Smith Jr. is just going to have to, you know, overcome those obstacles and kind of live up, live up to the hype that he set for himself in his in his rookie season, which was kind of 
Um, some compared him to pre-injury Derek Rose. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, next up, Jamal Murray, who's basically after getting uh, paid big time with that five-year, $170 million extension from the Nuggets. He's essentially going to need to prove that he can live up to that. And hopefully after his breakout performance in the playoffs last year, he'll be able to carry that momentum into next year and hopefully hopefully take the next step. Um, Hassan Whiteside's another guy I've got. Um, now that he's out of Miami, um, he's going to need to prove that he can you know, mature and become a valuable piece for, for, for Portland, especially with, with Yusuf Nurkic being out at least the, the first half of the year. Um, and I think for Whiteside, this will help him being in Portland, you know, where he'll have a more clearly defined role, you know, he'll have more clearly set expectations. Whereas in Miami, I feel like, they were kind of confused with what role to put him in. They tried with him being the franchise cornerstone and the centerpiece, and that didn't really work out. And then they sort of experimented with him coming off the bench. He didn't like that, and, you know, he was pouting and all that stuff. I think being in Portland will help him just, just having a more clearly defined role because he has a lot of talent at the center position, especially defensively and as a rebounder. So um, we'll have to see how that works out. Josh Jackson's another guy I've got after being, you know, traded from the Phoenix Suns to the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, Phoenix essentially giving up on him. I think he's going to need to prove that he can still be, you know, an NBA NBA caliber player, which he hasn't really been in, in his first two seasons. He's been wildly inconsistent as a scorer he's been incredibly inefficient on offense and then on defense where he has shown flashes he hasn't been nearly the type of player that he was uh you know expected to be coming into the league i mean that's why he was picked number four overall so new situation new start hopefully he'll be able to turn it around but you know major question marks there uh, Kevin Knox, another New York Nick, who's who's got something to prove next year. Yeah, basically, he'll he'll be looking to rebound from what was pretty terrible rookie season, where you know he was an inconsistent and inefficient scorer who didn't really do much else and was a terrible defender. He'll he'll need to shore up a few things, I think. Um, Mainly, he'll obviously need to work on his on his shooting. Mainly, his his catch and shoot game, um, and becoming at least a a little bit respectable on defense. If he can do that, if he can become a more efficient shooter, um, and a less awful defender, you know, those will be steps in the right direction for him and. You know he'll he'll be looking to prove that he can still be a part of the Knicks long term future plan. I mean, not not that the Knicks ever have one of those, but you know, theoretically speaking. Now, second last guy on this list, I've got Chris Dunn for the Chicago Bulls, who uh, two years ago was looking like 
the Bulls' point guard of the future after taking a massive leap after his disastrous rookie season. You know, he was he showed flashes of being a terrific two-way starting caliber point guard, but yeah, um, in year three he took a step back. I know injuries did play a part. Uh, he'll need to prove that he can stay healthy, but um, on top of that, he'll need to you know prove that he can still be the be the Bulls point guard um especially after they selected Kobe White in in the first round of last year's draft who is a point guard surprise surprise but again it's not like it's not like I think the Bulls will have to pick between those two I think Kobe White his play style being more of a scorer at the point guard position I think his game is pretty well suited to coming off the bench in kind of a sixth man spark plug role so that that could potentially work out with with him, you know, if he can buy into the six man role and then Chris Dunn being being the starter. Uh, but again, yeah, Dunn's just going to need to prove that he can that he can, you know, still be at that level, you know, that he showed flashes of flashes of being in in his second season. And finally, the last player on this list, I've got Mo Bamba for the for the Orlando Magic. Now, I said I would touch on the Nikola Vucevic topic earlier on um and this is kind of where it comes in this is also where my confusion lies with why they why they re-signed Vucevic um to that massive contract was because they've got Mo Bamba at center which I know I know he's not you know fully I know he's not fully developed yet um, and he's still got a ways to go in his development, but he has the potential to be better than Vucevic is now, especially you know in today's uh, modern NBA where Vucevic is more kind of a throwback center. Um, and that's what I think uh, Bamba just needs to be given the opportunities and the experience to to develop and that's that's why i find it a bit perplexing that that the magic re-signed vucevic especially for so much money um but anyway um moving back to to bamba himself i think he he's uh, still has a few he's got still a few things to kind of figure out and work on with his game mainly he needs to to fill out his frame and become a bit uh you know broader a bit stronger um and other than that i think he just needs to be given more opportunities to develop which is more on on the magic than than him individually but if he comes back and he's worked on his game and he you know, it'll be on him to to earn that that extra playing time for Orlando. I'm just saying they they didn't make it any easier for him. You know, bringing back Vucevic, but um, yeah, still got a lot of promise. Uh, Mobamba does, and if if Markel Fultz can also somehow work out, and and Mo Bamba can can live up to his potential then that that'll be an exciting duo in the future for for Orlando but anyway I'm I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself there I'll talk about that in in future episodes you know maybe way down the line but anyway that that does it for for my list of of players with with a little something extra to prove 
next season. So let me know let me know what you think of the list, who I've missed out, who you would who you would include and 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 why as always, you know. Best place to do that on Twitter at around the arc pods. Tweet me. Uh, always welcome input from you guys. And and on that note as well, <laughs> Another bit of uh, shameless advertising, shameless plugging. Uh, if you guys are, you know, enjoying the podcast episodes, if you're if you're finding them useful, you're getting something out of them, then it would be awesome if you could leave a review, you know, wherever you're listening to it, iTunes, Spreaker, wherever. Um, review, feel free to leave, you know, comments questions suggestions for for topics or improvements i could make to the show you know constructive criticism i welcome that um you know and also if you feel like rating it five stars as well that's that's extra appreciated but anyway yeah that that does it for for today's episode guys as always uh, i hope you enjoyed it and yeah, I'll I'll see you back here again next week where we'll dive into more dive into more NBA stuff. Alright, I'll catch you then. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.